I'm Tyler. And I'm Katie. You're listening to Nostalgia, the podcast brought to you by the Mr. Sketch Markers that you would not so subtly sniff during class. Like a bit too much. Yeah. They smelled so good, they though. They smell really good. We should get some Mr. We're adults. We can buy Mr. Sketch Markers with our own money. And now. we can smell them as much as we want because yeah. our brains are done developing. That's true. <laughs> I've never had them at home, right? You didn't either, I Yeah, it was a school treat. Who, what budget money was allocated to smelly markers? It was before No Child Left Behind. Kate, tell me your memories of Rogers. So, okay, wait, where's the S? Where do the S's go? Rogers and Hammerstein. Rogers, is his last name Rogers? Richard Rogers. Okay, Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. I know it is a musical. Um, Did you watch it as a child? Which version? You tell me. Okay, so I know I'm confused already. Julie Andrews is uh-huh. in the original televised version of this musical. Yes. Uh, but I believe the version that you are talking about is the one starring Whitney Houston and Brandy. Yes. Mainly because they really emphasize the Rogers and Hammersteins in the title of this version. Mm-hmm. Even though it was their, they wrote the Julie Andrews version, yes. It's the same musical, but that was just pretty much called Cinderella when it aired. I don't know if I've seen the Julie Andrews version, but I know that she was in it. I know that I saw the Whitney Houston and Brandy version, but I don't remember almost anything about it. Okay. I remember watching it Mm -hmm. on my TV that had fake wood paneling on it. And I just feel like, so I, I actually suggested this one because I feel like, listeners, we need a balm for our weary souls after... We were made to watch and or listen to me watch Ace Ventura Pet Detective last week, which was probably the worst thing that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, And uh, made you delay any plans I had for Dumb and Dumber, the third Jim Carrey's big year movie. We're going to have to do that in 2023. (laughs) I'm not kidding. If we're still around in 2023, either as a podcast or as humans. All right. So you've seen it. You saw it at the time. Do you, so you don't remember much though. You, were you like watching the premiere? Was this a big event for you or just... Your memories are too cloudy. I don't know. I've definitely seen it, though. Okay. I have not. A little twist on our normal formula here. Oh, super. Well, Kate, the story of Cinderella begins in 806 AD. Excellent. <laughs> I, I want to apologize, but then, on the other hand, I don't want to apologize for these notes. I went a little crazy on the notes. There's a lot of elements that all combine here. So, here's some history for you. Skip ahead a few minutes if you don't want to hear any of this. The earliest known version of what we now consider the Cinderella story is a Chinese story called Yi Xian, X-I-A-N, I don't know, from 806 AD. Basically the same story. The first European version is way later in 1634. It was written by Giambattista. Giambattista. Giambattista Basile's uh, Cenerentola. Cenerentola. Yeah. Cenerentola. What is it? Cenerentola? Probably. I don't know. I don't know. And the version that Rogers and Hammerstein and pretty much everyone else adapts from nowadays and forevermore is the French version from 1697 by Charles Perrault. Uh, the Brothers Grimm, for example, didn't get to it until 1812. So this Charles Perrault version is kind of the most famous one. That's what made it popular in English-speaking countries. Many opera, ballet, and stage versions have been made and were made all throughout history, dating back to, we have evidence of these going back to the 1700s. There were film and animated versions, including George Millier made a live-action version in 1899, you know, and then, of course, the Disney animated movie in 1950 is kind of the one that I think everybody knows, especially nowadays. The channel CBS in the 1950s, they, along with all the other two channels, were making a habit of airing 
TV versions of stage musicals. They were adapting stage musicals for TV and airing them, right? Okay. This was a thing in the 50s because TV was kind of new. And they're like, okay, it's like, you know, it's like theater. So let's put theater on TV. CBS went to Richard Rodgers and Oscar Hammerstein II and asked them to write a musical specifically for TV rather than adapt a previous musical. That's what's novel about their Cinderella. Huh. It was written for TV. These two guys had previously made Oklahoma, Carousel, Allegro, South Pacific, The King and I. They had a pretty prolific career as Broadway uh, you know, writers prior to this. So on March 31st, 1957, CBS aired Cinderella, the Julie Andrews version. Currently, there's no... It was in color, you know, if you had a color TV, but there are no known color copies in existence. There is a kind of crummy black and white copy that's not that fun to watch, but they didn't have a color copy, which is kind of sad. You can't really watch it as intended anymore. It was a really big hit. A hundred million people watched it. Wow. Back then, because there was so few channels, like you could get these insane ratings. Yeah. It was How many million people were there in the United States at that's that point? That's a really good question. Probably not that many. You're out here supposed to do the research, oh my you know? God. I have four and a half more notes than we've ever done for anything. I'm so sorry. It was sponsored by Pepsi and Old Spice, though. I thought that was kind of interesting. Wow, what a combo. Right? What an American <laughs> American duo. It's basically like the modern version of if Axe and Mountain Dew sponsored something. Wow. So... This TV musical was then adapted for the stage in London in 1958 and does, eventually becomes a Broadway show, but not until 2013, which I just think is kind of interesting. It's like cannibalizes itself. The TV version becomes a Broadway show. Hmm. CBS was obviously thrilled by what a hit it was. So uh, in 1965, they did it again. They staged another TV version starring Leslie Ann Warren as Cinderella, also a huge hit. It set some records for like the most watched non-sports broadcast until huh. 2009. So well, what was it eclipsed by? That's an excellent point. Again, my research four and a half uh, pages of notes there. and not an answer to my questions. So that's the Cinderella background. Okay. Okay. We're gonna move on to the Wonderful World of Disney background that Go we ahead. need to know to get to the Whitney version. In 1954, okay, right around the same time, Walt Disney was trying to raise money for his little park that he was building called Disneyland, and he also wanted to advertise it as well. He went to ABC, different channel and created an anthology TV show called Walt Disney's Disneyland. <laughs> and each episode, so again, he's like raising money with this TV show to build the park, and then also once the park opens, he's using it to advertise the park. It's an anthology show, so each episode's a different thing, but the themes of each episode are either Frontierland, Tomorrowland, Fantasyland, or Adventureland, the four areas of the park. I didn't know that there were areas. This show is responsible for starting the Davy Crockett craze of 1955. Were you aware that there was a Davy Crockett craze? I, I am not, but I can imagine what it was like. Because <laughs> they did three episodes of the Disneyland TV show about Davy mm. Crockett, and everyone was buying the hats and all that nonsense. And I believe they perpetuated some myths that are not true about Davy Crockett through this as well. But that's what this show is. It's just different anthology episodes. But he also is just showing some of his old previously made movies and cartoons. Like... The second episode of this show is just Alice in Wonderland cut for time to fit on TV. And it's supposed to be part of the Adventureland part of the park. Okay, so he's got this TV show. It's on for a really long time. They change the name. They get rid of the Disneyland theme. But Walt Disney gets to have this TV show on ABC pretty much forever. It changed names. It became Walt Disney Presents. Then it was Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color. The Wonderful World of Disney from 1969 to 1979, the Disney Sunday movie later, the magical world of Disney, etc. Okay, it ran from 1954 to 2008 in one form or another with only a few gap years in there. Very few times it wasn't on the air. It changed formats over time, but for the most part, 
over the course of this huge run, it was always a mix of theatrical movies making their TV premieres and then later being rebroadcast, uh, one-off stories made for the TV show, every once in a while they do a serialized story, and it's a mix of animation and live action, okay? It's this Disney anthology show. And it even returned in 2012 and continued, and it's back right now. In 2020, it started again as presented by Disney+. They premiered Moana on TV as, you know, they just keep doing this. This show is a staple. It's relevant, I promise. Um, by the 1996 season, though, it was kind of running on fumes. It was called The Magical World of Disney at that time. And that season, it only aired nine episodes, and it was just, like, really lame. It was like a Winnie the Pooh TV special, because there was a Winnie the Pooh show on. A Doug special, because Disney had bought Doug from Nickelodeon around that time. They were showing, like, an old Paulie Shore movie. Again, only nine episodes. They made one made-for-TV movie that year called uh, Beverly Hills Family Robinson. Just really lame, lame, not good quality stuff. So Disney wants to reinvigorate this show. Okay. They want to rename it The Wonderful World of Disney again, and they want to make some original content for it again. Around this same time, this is the mid-90s, early to mid-90s, some TV producers were trying to make a new version of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. They had done a Gypsy with Bette Midler a few years ago, and it was a big hit, so they're like, let's do Cinderella again. Whitney Houston came onto the scene in 1985 with her self-titled album, was obviously like a superstar, like ridiculous. Everyone loved her. Then she started acting in 1992 in The Bodyguard, mm. right? So she's this singer, actress. They get her to be attached to Cinderella. She's supposed to play Cinderella. Disney sees these guys trying to make Cinderella. They want to make their wonderful world the Disney thing again. And they're like, hey, come make it with us. The 90s move on. We're in the late 90s now. And Whitney, for some reason, decides she's too old to play Cinderella. Time out. Yes. First R.I.P. Whitney. Yeah, it goes with that. A legend. Yeah. Beautiful queen. <laughs> I wish someone had told Whitney, you know what, Whitney? You are enough. You can play Cinderella. <laughs> it's okay that you're 35. She's 34, it's, yeah. Oh, my God. She's 34 years old. She was 34 years but, old. But, like, when they... They right. only started in, like, 93... And it didn't get made till 97, so she was, what, 31? And she felt like oh. she was young enough, but by 34, does this hit your soul because it you does. were 30? <laughs> you know what? I just, I wish someone had told Whitney that she was okay. Well, she decides, hey, I can't play Cinderella, oh, but I'll be, I'll be the fairy godmother. Okay. And she was mentoring Brandy Norwood, known professionally as Brandy, around this time as well. In 1994, Brandy released her self-titled album, her R&B album, and she was the star of Moesha, on the UPN, a sitcom, from 1996 to 2001. In 97, when they made Cinderella, Brandy was 18, and Whitney supposedly suggested her for the role and called her personally and offered it to her. So that's how Brandy gets involved, because Whitney felt she was too old at 34. All I right? mean, I'm glad that Brandy's involved, but I'm, I feel sad for Whitney. Yeah, it would have been good with Whitney as Cinderella. I, I mean, just feel I don't sad know. that she felt like she was too old yeah. to play the, I know. Well, the type I mean, come of character. On. Cinderella's supposed to be like 12, right? If the story is being true to uh, its origins. That's a bit distressing. <laughs> this new version was written by Robert L. Friedman, obviously based on the original musical. Mm -hmm. uh, but he his goal was to focus on giving Cinderella like a bit more to do in the story. That, but, like, that would be nice. You know what I mean? Give her a little more agency. It was directed by Robert Iscove. It is famous for having a diverse cast, as opposed to all the other versions of Cinderella, where just everybody's white. And it premiered on November 7th, 1997, as the sixth episode of the 42nd season of The Wonderful World of Disney. Okay? Do you want a Gatorade or something after that? I do. Okay. Well, it's well just, we're not done. It was a huge hit. 60 million people watched it, which... 
like not as much as the original, but by 1997, there's cable. You yeah. don't just have to watch one of three channels, so that's pretty crazy. Brandy has been credited as the first person of color to play Cinderella. Whitney as the first person of color to play the fairy godmother, which is just crazy. It's 1997, and there have been so many versions of Cinderella up till that point. Sad. Hmm. This was nominated for seven primetime Emmys. It won one for Best Art Direction, and it succeeded. The Wonderful World of Disney suddenly started making a lot of original content. They made a Tower of Terror movie with Steve Gutenberg. That year, they made My Date with the President's Daughter, which is a really good made-for-TV movie. They made Mr. Headmistress with Harlan Williams of Rocketman fame. They did a bunch of stuff. The Ruby Bridges movie that has Bill Clinton doing the intro. Hmm. The garbage-kicking, field-goal-kicking Philadelphia phenomenon, that movie where Tony Danza plays a garbage man <laughs> who gets scouted to play for the Eagles. This movie, along with all those other movies I just mentioned, were on the Disney Channel all the time when I was a kid, which confused me because the Disney Channel made its own movies and I didn't quite understand the difference. Not that it matters between their content and this stuff. And it's just been really, for some reason, a big relief to discover that that's where all these movies came from. They were the wonderful world of Disney. They were made for TV movies that aired on ABC. I've never seen this movie, though. It was advertised all the time, but I was kind of wrapped up in gender norms, and I was like, I don't want to watch a musical. I don't want to watch Cinderella. I don't want this. So I didn't watch it. I really stayed away from musicals for years as a child and just assumed I wouldn't like them because somehow I got I was under the impression that they were not for me. I'm so sorry for you. And you met your wife doing a musical. That's true. So That's true. It's a good thing you didn't avoid musicals later in life. One time at McDonald's, I got a toy of Anastasia from the movie Anastasia with my Happy Meal. And I was like, I can't have this toy. So I went up and asked if I could have Rasputin or Bartok instead, and they wouldn't give it to me. And I was very distraught. You know it. what? Good good for that McDonald's <laughs> low-wage uh, counter clerk. I already opened it, too, so it's not like I could exchange it. But. Man, I'm, I'm sorry for you that you missed out on you know, a I... childhood of consuming strange <laughs> Oscar and Hammerstein musicals such as South Pacific. <laughs> Yeah, you have a deep history with the oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, Roger and Hammersteins. It's because we had all the tapes, the cassette tapes. So what what did you have? We had South Pacific, we had The King and I. I knew all of Yul Brenner's songs in The King and I, and I would kind of stomp around my house and sing them. It was really great. All right, so you good times for me. <laughs> are a lifetime Rogers and Hammersteins fan, lifetime I guess I fan. am, yeah. And uh, I guess we're going to have to see how this holds up. Honestly, anything could be better than last week's Ace Ventura Pet Listen, Detective. We had to watch it. No, we didn't. We had to see what was going on. These are two counterpoints of uh, 90s culture. I'm excited to finally see this. And I'm also excited because, like the wonderful world of Disney was reinvigorated by this, this opens doors for lots of podcasts down the line. We're definitely watching My Date with the President's Daughter in a future episode. And the garbage-kicking, football-kicking Tony Danza special. (laughs) What's it called? The garbage-picking, field-gold-kicking Philadelphia phenomenon. Which, in my head as a child who grew up not that far from Philadelphia, but didn't understand what Philadelphia was, definitely accidentally connected the words garbage and Philadelphia in my mind forever, forevermore. You're not mistaken, but (laughs) Philadelphia loves being garbage. They made it, the next year they did a Noah movie where Tony Danza basically played like modern day Noah and was building an ark in his yard. That's also happened in Philly. (laughs) Except it was a furnace. Thank
like to note and I noticed this like only recently all of the Disney princesses from like the 30s to the the 60s I feel like have very emblematic hair of their time mm. like Cinderella is supposed to take place in what like the 17 to 1800s right, right. but she has like very clearly <laughs> 50s housewife hair <laughs> like it's so whacked Ugh, oh wow. Whitney Whitney just materialized from dust. Yeah, you're crying. Oh my god, you are crying. I'm crying. Oh, I miss Whitney. I just, as a kid, didn't understand what Rogers and Hammersteins was because they kept <laughs> saying it in the commercials. They're like, they Roger lived in our hometown for like a hot minute, baby. They did? Oscar Hammerstein Way. Oh. The oh, road. Oh, that's like right next to my oh, house. Oh, you dumbass. Bernadette Peters is here. God, Bernadette Peters is a treasure, too. They got everybody. Holy smokes. These costumes are crazy looking. Oh my god, they're absolutely wild and I could not be happier. <laughs> Every person in town is wearing like super bright colored clothes. This is where you wish you could live. <laughs> Do you think this is the south of France? I think this might be the south of France. Brandy's looking cute as heck. Look at her. Don't you wish you lived at a time where puppet shows in the street were the main form of entertainment? No. Puppets scare me. The week before this on The Wonderful World of Disney, it was like, honey, we shrunk ourselves. Was America ready for this? So he's the prince? Yeah. What's he and doing he's a down snack. Here? He is a snack. But what is he, <laughs> what's he doing down in the village? Just he's dressed just, down. He's just slumming it for the day. Uh, he just wants to be a regular dude. Good for Brandy. This Cinderella respects herself. This Cinderella is like, oh, you know what? You'd have to get to know me better to be in my good graces. This Cinderella has a personality. This tasty little prince stranger on the street was like, oh, I would treat you like a princess. And she's like, no, I want to be treated like a person with kindness and respect. Oh, I understand why some people don't like this. Surprised why uh, Disney let that one get through. Hmm. Wow, that castle looks like it's made of Play-Doh and I couldn't be happier. Oh, Jason Alexander. God, look at Whoopi. Also, just the pressure to produce an heir just seems like a lot. It's just so bouncy and fun. Mm -hmm. This is everything that Ace Ventura is not. <laughs> There's like healthy displays of masculinity. <laughs> it's really great. The inside of this house looks like a Gustav Klimt painting. And I am thrilled. <laughs> Listen, Brandy, I've been there. When you're just like hanging out by yourself and then you scare yourself, it happens. <laughs> Sometimes you listen to one too many murder podcasts and get a little scared by your by yourself at home. Man, Jason Alexander really does it all. Like, he floral design, he's ordered all the food for this ball. It's really remarkable. Yeah. Just love that Whoopi is merciless. So uh, the stepmother and stepsisters are talking about, we must hide our flaws until after the wedding. And Brandy has asked, shouldn't a man love you for every part of yourself? Flaws and all as a multifaceted human being. And they're like, shut up, Brandon. <laughs> she has the house to herself all night. This is way better than going to the ball. <laughs> and I'm saying that after a year of being locked in at her house. She just gets to hang out at home in her little chair, do whatever she wants. Whitney's pretty powerful here, isn't she? <laughs> yes, baby. Whitney's too powerful. <laughs> Don't cry. I'm crying. It's fine. She couldn't have been Cinderella. She would have blown the walls <laughs> off of this place with her incredible voice. Every number. <laughs> I've always found the part about turning other animals into horses kind of disturbing. Yeah. It's sad for them when they have to turn back. Yeah. It's like rat-infested property also. <laughs> Look at the man driving the carriage who was a rat three He's minutes ago. He's extremely focused. He has no personality. He's just like, 
was rat, now man, drive carriage. <laughs> he's just staring straight ahead like he's been lobotomized. And Whitney couldn't help herself. Normally in this story, she's like, all right, have fun at the thing. And now she's flying around next to the carriage on it's her way. It's a great choice. <laughs> Brandy's like, Whitney, leave me alone, I'm going to the ball. <laughs> yeah. She, she, she keeps saying bye, like, enjoy it. And like, zoops back in. I'm here it's for one more duet. Very important that they duet, though, <laughs> I think. Watching you physically be blown away by Whitney's voice was really enjoyable for me. Because <laughs> I was watching you hear Whitney Houston sing, and you you were just blown away. I'm like, oh. Man, you really missed out on a lot by not watching musicals as a kid, huh? I know. A lot of emotion. Whitney just stepped out of the shadows and was like, you're on your own now. <laughs> like, I thought she was on her own for a little bit. She's at the castle now. Whitney's like, oh, I'm much too old to play Cinderella. But I could be in every scene. I could be Cinderella adjacent. (laughs) I'm going to be surprised if we don't see Whitney dancing with the prince in this scene somehow. (laughs) Good for Whitney. We're really dipping a toe into like philosophy. Like what is real? What isn't real? Am I imagining you? (laughs) But it's 11.58. How do we tell time back now? The sun How do we tell time back now? (laughs) Don't they just want to go to bed? Why did they're coming home and they're singing? Oh, come on. Haven't you ever had a really fun night out and you don't want to go to bed because you don't want it to end? No, I'm too no, tired. No, that, that never happens for no. you. Every time you come home from a wedding, I find you on the couch, passed out, eating tortilla chips. <laughs> I'm surprised they, they didn't go for a more typical Wonderful World of Disney casting and cast Tony Danza as the stepmother. <laughs> <laughs> but then his leg is kicking for no reason. Cinderella, you're common. <laughs> Your father Your was mother weak. was common. <laughs> And so are you. (laughs) (laughs) He's kicking his leg. Imagine how crunchy his hair must be right now. Wow, it does look really crunchy. (laughs) Very textural. You can make a topographical map out of his hair. What is that robe that he has? It's outstanding. Look at that blue, long... It's not quite a coat. It's like more of a robe. He sleeps in that. Those are his jammies. Minerva is adorable. She's really cute. Look at her. Quick, cut off her escape route. Yeah, she's trying yeah, to Brandy's out. trying to run away. I feel like in 1997, a see-through jelly Oh my god, a jelly sandal. Would be in. <laughs> oh my god. Do you remember jellies? Not they were really. so great. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Whitney's back! Oh, yes! C- Cinderella gets her moment with the prince, and Whitney materialized immediately. Yeah. Now you can be whatever you treat that was pretty fun it's a good solid musical like yeah. look i'm in no rush to watch it again no but like here's the thing and this this movie i don't think is as important for us as it was important to like like an entire generation of like young black women mm-hmm. in 1997 uh-huh. to see themselves represented on screen 
you yeah. know what? If this was a really important movie for you, call in. Tell, tell us, us about it. it. I want to hear about it. Especially because, um, like, Disney hadn't even done it in their, like, animated no, movies No, they, they didn't have an animated person of color for a long time. Right. I mean, it's like... That wasn't, like, a caricature or is uh, yeah. a movie that is you literally like, not available today, like Song of the South. You have, like, Princess Jasmine and Mulan. Well, Mulan was actually after this. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Yeah, it, it was fun to watch. What a treat. I won't. I won't lie. Listen, it's been a a pretty weird year, guys. And if you're just looking to escape for like an hour and fifteen minutes, this this might be it for you. It's brightly colored. It's jewel toned. It's like a little tiny box of of delight. It's and really. Is there any? Uh, really a treat. Any like six year old boys listening? It's okay to watch musicals, and it's okay to watch a musical, maybe even about uh, a princess. You can do that. And you might meet your wife doing a musical. Or your partner. It was Into the Woods, just so everybody knows. Final yeah. review. It what a fun. treat. It, watch it. It's on Disney+. Plus. Enjoy yourself. Um, I wish Whitney had more to sing, even though I was making fun of how much she kept appearing. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. But I wish she, I wish she had more to do, because Because I was, was watching... Pretty good at it. Like, when you first see Whitney sing, I was watching Whitney, but I literally was also watching your face, and you were <laughs> blown away. And no offense... Like, childlike joy on your face no offense to brandy brandy's no. great too delightful but, but uh yeah well obviously whitney comes in and steals the show Whew. man there's a reason she's the first and last person you see in this movie yes all right absolutely cool. rogers and hammerstein's cinderella i finally know what all the hubbub is about i'm just happy i finally know what the heck rogers and hammerstein it, i cannot tell you how confusing it was to me as a child all right and the the secondary joy of this now we can watch all those other wonderful World of Disney movies. You ready for some Tony Danza uh, made-for-TV movies? You know, I, I would <laughs> even take a Tony Danza made-for-TV movie over oh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Yeah, if you're looking for a, the antidote to Ace Ventura, <laughs> Pet Detective, this is it. Yeah. It's all joy. I just hope you'll approach um, My Date with the President's Daughter and the garbage-picking, field-goal-kicking Philadelphia phenomenon with the same level of reverence as you did for uh, Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. I am sure going to try. All right, guys, tell us what to watch next. You can leave us a voicemail through the Anchor app. You can email us, nostalgia at AOL.com. You can directly contact us on any of our social media pages. Just look for Nostalgia, or just go to our website, www.nostalgia.org, to find all our past episodes and links to all those ways to contact us. And please go ahead and leave us a rating or review on Apple yeah. Podcasts because we work just as hard as Jason Alexander in that one dance scene to bring you this delightful show. For everyone who's ever wished their dreams would come true comes the musical, magical movie People Magazine says is all we could wish for. Everything starts with a wish. Disney presents Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella on sale now.